0: Hey, uh, just want to say welcome again, Um, and I want you to uh, really pay attention today because I've got an important message uh, that I think is not only timely, but I think we need to hear it, right? Um, All of us need to hear it. We're in our series, Faith That Works. We're going through the New Testament letter of James. I know some of you might be thinking, well, when's this series going to (laughs) end? We've been in this a while, and I'm getting tired of getting my toes stepped on every week. Well, you know, hang in there. We're coming down the home stretch. We've got a, just a few more weeks left, but look, what we're going to be talking about today is words. Words—the the use of our words—and what's interesting is last week uh, we talked about how James said, "Well, words don't really mean a whole lot when it comes to faith." All right? You, you know, saving faith isn't represented by what you say only, but it's combined with works. The genuine faith always has works associated with it. Right? Uh, But James was real quick to come back and say, well, well, hold on, you you know, your words are important. I don't want you to think that your words are not. So that's what we're going to be looking at today. Um, There's three reasons why our words are important. The first one, we say a lot of words. We say a lot of words. Okay, you ready? On average, uh, studies show that men speak about 15,000 words in a day. That's a lot, a lot of words. Uh, on average, women, however, speak about 30,000 words. So ba- based on you know which uh, survey you look at, it's some of the ranges between 25,000 and 30 for women. The men, it's 10 and 15. Uh, some of you are looking at your, your wife and you're saying, look, I was right. You do talk twice as much as me, right? So... Uh, we use a lot of words, and I uh, remember spending a whole lot of time, me and my wife, uh, Angela, working with Noah on how to teach him how to talk. You know, when he's little, uh, you know, he's learning how to talk, and we're going, dad, dad, and mama, and food, and ball, and all this stuff, and, and now he, we can't get him to shut up. So we must have done a really good job, you know, uh, teaching him to talk. But look, so think about that. 15,000 words for men, 30,000 for men a day. Just based off the sheer number of words that we use, the volume, our words are important. The second reason our words are important is our words are powerful. Now let me ask you this. Has anybody said something that you wish you could take back? Why? Yeah, because you're, the words that you said have started a process of things that you cannot control. Or, or let me ask you this, has anybody ever been hurt by what somebody else has said to them? Yeah, I think we all can say yes to those two, two questions. You see, we all use words and we all are affected, affected by the words of others. So our words are powerful. Look, they can be used two different ways. They can be used positively and negatively. Positively, they can be used to influence an entire nation in the civil rights movement like with Martin Luther King Jr., right? That was positive. Or they could be used negatively and lead to the genocide of hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people in Europe, uh, like with Adolf Hitler. You know, So our words can be used positively or negatively, and the Scriptures tell us that our words can bring death or life. Do you believe God's Word? If you do, you've got to struggle and you got to grip with, grip, come to grips with that verse. Um, our words can bring death or life. Proverbs eighteen twenty one says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Oh, wow, that's big. That's an eye-opener. And uh, when I sat back and I read that a few times, you know, that's kind of intimidating to me. That's kind of frightening to me to realize that. Our words are so powerful. Listen, you, me, we are held responsible for our words that we use. Which leads us to the third reason our words are important. Everyone will give an account for their words. Everyone. You know, Jesus, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the scriptures teach us that he will also be the righteous judge. And we are, we are going to be held accountable. As a matter of fact, words carry the same weight as our actions in judgment. It's not, it's not only what we say or what we do, but it's what we say Uh, In the Bible, in the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus says this, But I say to you that for every idle word men may speak, they will give an account of it in the day of judgment. For by your words you will be acquitted, and by your words you will be condemned. And whenever Jesus speaks, right, that's always eye-opening. That's always awe-inspiring. That's always intimidating. Look, our words are very important to God, obviously, if you read through His, His Word. And they should be important to us, too. I think we've gotten into a time where we just don't care what we say. Right? Or we just don't care about controlling our words. We don't care how they make us look or influence our lives, and we don't care how they affect others. We just don't, we don't care. And I think we need to hear from, from God's Word about that. So that's what we're going to look at today. James stresses that we should not in- underestimate the influence that words can have. So our scripture focus is James chapter 3. Turn in your Bibles there. We're going to look at the first 18 verses. The first thing I want to share with you and sort of walk through the scripture with you is this. Uh, I want to look at the power of our words. The power of our words. Verse number 1. Not many of you should become teachers, my fellow believers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. Uh, it's always intimidating when I read that. Um, You know, even going back from years and years ago of teaching Sunday school and small group and things like that, you know, what do you do with this verse? Um, James is really talking about religious teachers because he uses the personal pronoun we there. He's included himself. But, you know, I got to thinking this includes anybody that teaches. Why? Because you have the ability to influence others. How? With your words. With your words. Uh, so really, this is any, anyone who, who teaches, who has the responsibility of teaching, because you can influence others with your words and you can lead others astray. And if that's you, the Bible teaches us that we will be judged more strictly. It's intimidating. So there's right up front, for all of us, there's a precaution here to understand the influence words can have on others. He goes on in verse 2, We all stumble... In many ways, and I'm glad James sort of said that because the truth is nobody is perfect. You know no one is perfect. there's only been one perfect person ever to walk this earth, and that's jesus and he he not only did he live a perfect life by his actions, but he also was able to perfectly control his tongue. You might say, well, controlling your tongue right i mean what's what's the big deal about that? Look, anyone who has never at fault in what they say is perfect, able to keep their whole body in check. In other words, out of everything on your body to control, our mouth is the hardest thing to keep in check. If you can control your mouth, then you can control the rest of your body. Now, while it's impossible for us to completely control our tongue, it's very possible, listen, for our tongues to control us. It's crazy how something so small can have a tremendous impact on our lives. You know, I remember a few years ago, I started noticing some changes in my wife, Angela. You know, some mood swings and, uh, you know, some changes in behavior and stuff like that. And I asked her, you know, something going on. You know, who are you? What did you do with my wife? You know, you're not the person I married. You all know what I'm talking about. You've had those discussions with your spouse. Um... But she went to the doctor and come to find out that there's this thing in here called a thyroid uh, gland or something like that thyroid it's a real small fleshy thing and I was just amazed at how something so small could not only affect her life right and 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 change her life but it could affect me too and then it affects my mood and then my family and then my week you see um I remember many years ago I had tremendous I had a Tremendous difficulty with my back. I injured my back really bad, and uh, the the pain was unbearable. Um, my mobility was non-existent. I remember not being able to sleep at all for the period of about a year. Um, just tr- affected my life tremendously. And so these little these little discs, you know, were messed up in my back. So after three surgeries, you know, um, and, and some uh, physical exercise and things like that, you know, I have no pain. You know, I think God healed me through uh, others. You know, he, he, give, he gave others and doctors the gifts and the abilities to work with me. Um, you know, and I feel no pain today. But it's just, it's amazing how something so small wrecked my life for, gosh, it was probably at least three or four years. Took that from me. The tongue, is like, the tongue is like that. Our, our small tongues, look, have the ability to control our lives. And they have the power to influence our lives for a very long time. How many of you have said, well, I went and said something I shouldn't have? Or here's a, here's a common phrase, well, I went and put my foot in my mouth again. All right. You see, what you, what you have just done was you set in motion events that you cannot control. And who knows how long that will, that will last. Maybe a lifetime based on what you say. Maybe a day. Right? Sometimes the things that come out of our mouths can have a tremendous impact on the outcome of our lives. The trajectory of our lives can many times be traced back to, to our use of words and how we use words. Use words. The words are very important. Verse 3, James says, When we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. Or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. The point James is making in this, and he's good at giving these little instant illustrations is that the tongue is such a small thing, but if you're not careful, it can steer your life. It can begin to turn your life in a direction that isn't good for you practically or or spiritually. So our words have the power to control, which is very dangerous because our words also have the power to destroy. To destroy. The second half of verse 5 says, Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue is also a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and it itself set on fire by hell. <laughs> James, he's getting fired up, isn't he? He reminds me of one of these old Appalachian, old regular Baptist preachers. You know, he's, he mentioned uh, fire four times and hell once in two sentences. I mean, he is, he is pumped up here. Um, the tongue is so small, but yet it can destroy. It can wreak havoc. You know, I went back and looked at the uh, online at the U.S. Parks and Recreation website and pulled up some statistics, and 90% of these wildfires that consume and destroy hundreds of thousands, if not millions of acres each and every year, 90% of those are traced back to one individual. It may be a campfire somewhere. Um, it could be a cigarette thrown out. But you see, the point is just that small spark, just that small ember, can de- can have massive uh, destruction power. Can destroy all that acreage, all that woodland, all the homes. And I think about marriages, marriages, families, how they're destroyed. Did you know the number one cause for divorce is words? You might say, well, wait a minute. I thought it was uh, infidelity, right? Well, yeah, that's true. But how did it get to that point? Somebody had to use words along the way. You might say, well, finances is number two. Well, yeah, you're right. But words made it worse, right? Right? it doesn't matter what, you, what the reason is for divorce. You can always trace it back to words. You see, our words don't cause the problem. But what our words do is they magnify the problem. And they influence the outcome, don't they? And I think about, you know, since I have kids and, uh, you know, I'm involved more in schools now, I think about bullying, bullying and shaming others. Now, I know all this took place when we were in school, too, right? And, you know, things have changed. Uh, Back when we were in school, you know, it happened to maybe one person and maybe a small group of people. But now you can go onto a social media platform and you could shame somebody and literally hundreds, if not thousands of individuals can be involved in that. And imagine being that person that's being bullied. And seeing that and and feeling the weight, feeling the weight of that. You know, it seems like each and every week I look at the news headlines and I see another young person's taking their life because of bullying, because of words. And it seems like now there's a growing trend among adults, you know, uh, taking their own lives because of what people say. Uh, Words have the power to destroy. And for you personally, an uncontrolled tongue can ruin the course of your life. It can set the course of your life on fire. Our words have the power to literally destroy life. Verse 7, all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind. But look at this, no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. Now, think about this. The largest animals on land, elephants, are tamed, can be tamed. You know, you, you see uh, these people riding elephants in India and in Africa, and these little tiny guys get on top of these huge elephants, and they can steer them, they can control them. And you can even go to a circus and watch an elephant get up on a yoga ball and do tricks. The largest, the largest animal on earth then you go into the water anybody been to SeaWorld at least you've seen it on TV I know you have if you don't want to participate with me um, you know you see these big uh, sea creatures the largest in the ocean the largest creatures in the ocean and you have these people in SeaWorld swimming with them Making them jump over them and doing tricks and stuff like that. We have tamed the largest creatures on this planet. But no person can control the tiny tongue. Now that's amazing. So our tongues are powerful. They have the ability to control our lives and destroy not only our lives, but also, look, our tongues can destroy the lives of others very easily. And so I want to talk to you about another danger. Another danger is the inconsistency of our words. The inconsistency of our words. And what do I mean by inconsistent? You know, sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's bad. And nothing bothers me more than inconsistency. You know, whether it be a person or, you know, a child or an employee. If somebody's inconsistent, doesn't that just drive you crazy? Right? In other words, you can't count on that. All right? you know, you can't put a whole lot of faith in that because you know it's inconsistent you know sometimes we say good things sometimes we say bad things sometimes we say good things in a bad way you see what i'm saying it's all messed up it's all inconsistent look at verse 9 with the tongue we praise our lord and father and with it we curse human beings who have been made in the, in god's likeness out of the same mouth come praise and cursing my brothers and sisters this should not be yeah, our words are inconsistent. Think about this. With the same mouth, with the same tongue, we, we praise the Lord and we speak badly to other people. And sometimes we do that in the same hour. What James is saying is that from the same mouth, with the same tongue, we both honor and dishonor God. Well, what do you mean, Zach? I thought you just said other people. Well, look at what James says human beings are made in the likeness of God. Human beings are made in God's image. So we could come in here and we can worship and we can praise God and then we can go out there and speak angrily to others and both honor and dishonor God out of the same mouth. That dishonors God. With our words, we express both love and hatred from the same source. And when you think about that, it shouldn't even be possible. It shouldn't be possible. James says this should not be. Look at verse 11. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? And neither can a salt spring produce fresh water? James is using all these illustrations again to show us a simple truth, to to show us how different and inconsistent our tongues are when compared to everything else in creation. Even in a fallen, broken world, everything else in creation operates the way it should. Right? Our tongues do not work the way they're supposed to. They don't produce what they're supposed to on a consistent basis. And anybody in quality control will say that's no good. You know, If that's the way the product's going to be, we can't let it go out the door. Our tongues are inconsistent. We, we honor and dishonor God with the same tongue. So you have the power of words, which we've talked about. You have the inconsistency of words. And what happens when you put those two together? That is a dangerous combination. Uh, that is a recipe for disaster. Disaster when you think about how powerful our words are and you realize how inconsistent our words are. And based upon how we opened up, when we looked at how the Scripture, how Jesus himself says, I will hold you accountable for every word that you say, that's intimidating. How do we, how do we handle that? How do we navigate through that? Well, look, last thing I want to share with you, words can only be controlled with godly wisdom. Earlier, James said no human can control the tongue. What does that tell us? We need God to help us. We need God's Spirit to guide us. We need God's wisdom. Verse 13, Who is wise in understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. If you were wise, think about it, you will use wisdom. If you're a wise person, by default, you will use wisdom. And James says, show that by being humble. Being humble, not only in what you do, but what you say. A person can manage their words wisely through humility. But there's a precaution here in verse 14. But if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder in every evil practice. So, look, words are actually a reflection of our heart. That's what the Scripture teaches us. The verse before Jesus uh, said that we would be held accountable for every word. He said that in Matthew, the, the very verse before he said that, he says this, Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. What a challenging verse that is. Look, if you're here this morning and you struggle with what you say, you can't hold your tongue, and you know it. You, I mean, you probably know it if you do. Maybe there's a deeper underlying condition Inside of you. You know. Maybe the problem is in the heart. And my hope for you today. Is that you would realize. That the problem isn't here. But it's here. And uh, you know. This is where God needs to be. Right. It's one thing to put him here. When we, when we talk about it. But it's another thing to put it here. And allow it to change us. Change how we act. And how we How we talk. Maybe that's you, and maybe you've been listening to others, you know, people that aren't brothers and sisters in Christ. You know, maybe you've been getting wisdom from other sources. James says, look, that is earthly, that is worldly, that is even from the enemy if you're listening to stuff like that. And this world tells us to fight back, to get even, to don't let others put us down, right, to take a stand. Um... Speak your mind. All kinds of stuff the world tells us. And if you're listening to that, the enemy will use that not only against you, but against others. James says that's not from God. Verse 17, listen to to the difference. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy, and good fruit impartial and sincere peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. Listen, that the wisdom that comes from God is perfect. It's pure. And what does that mean? It means you don't have to worry about it. You don't have to come across and say, well, I don't, this doesn't really sound right. No, it's pure. It's good. It's from God. Or, uh, you know, I'm really not too sure about this. No, wait, no, it's, It's pure. You don't have to worry about the the source. It's perfect. And look, that's why we need to listen to God. Remember the the message from a couple weeks ago the process of faith, the, the rhythm is quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to anger. Man, we need to be quick to listen to God, slow to speak if we humble ourselves and listen to God and 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 allow him to change our hearts here that naturally will flow out of us and influence our lives and our words and what God wants us to do is to make peace is to make peace that's what it means by peacemakers and notice it doesn't say peacekeepers you know peacekeepers assumes that peace already exists And uh, you're just maintaining peace. Peacemakers is is a call for a little bit more effort on your part and my part. To go out to where peace doesn't exist and to make it. To speak it. To speak peace. To sow peace. There is to be effort on our part to control our tongues and to use them the right way. And our tongues are meant to be used to honor God in everything that we say. So here's some things I want you to take home with you today. First of all, make sure you're in God's Word. Right? Make sure that you're reading God's Word every day. And, and you're reading the words of God. Remember the source is what? Pure? And you, you, The more of that you get into your life, the better your life will be. Look at this verse in Psalm 141.3. One, uh, Set a guard over my mouth, Lord. Somebody needs to pray that this week. Right, Set a guard over my mouth, Lord. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Wow, that is, that's amazing. That's an amazing verse right there. Now think about that. You can read that and you can pray that at the same time. If that's, if that's you, you can read it and you can pray it at the same time and then allow God's wisdom to soak into you, to penetrate inside of you. And you know that there are over 90 proverbs that deal with speaking and talking. 90. Over 90. You start reading, reading those and applying those to your life, it'll help you control your words. Um, then, quite frankly, I don't know how else to say this, but look, just pay attention to what you say. I mean, that's, I don't, that's as basic as I can put it. We, remember, we did a sermon series in Ephesians not too long ago. And look at what Paul says here. Do not let, in other words, there's something that you have sort of control over. Don't let. Do not let what? Any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. I think, you know, we just need to understand. I need to pay attention before I speak, and we need to ask, is this unwholesome, right? Or is this helpful? Is this out of anger? Look, I know many times when we're angry, we have an immediate response, and sometimes I understand that. I understand that. I understand that. But many times, you can wait. Many times, you can take a step back and you can, you can think about it. You maybe read a, read a Bible verse or two, maybe pray, before you respond. Okay, And many times, the best thing to do is to not say anything at all. Walk away. I, I've been there. I, I know many times that that was the right thing for me to do. And many times I've done the opposite and I'm like, I wish I would have walked away. Pay attention to what you say. And what I mean by that is, not only in what you say verbally, but what you text, what you email, what, what you instant message. And not only do we need to tame our tongues, but we need to tame our thumbs, too. Right? Man, we live in a different world, don't we? Where we can say one thing and then we can text another and, and think it's okay. That's wrong. That's wrong. We're still communicating with what? Words. With words. So we need to pray about that. We need to think about that before we talk and before we sin. Before we say it, we need to pray it. Before we hit the keys, we need to get on our knees. Can you all remember that? I did that so you can remember it. So you better. We need to pray. Look, I know that was sort of funny. But when you think about the truth that our words have the power to bring death or life, that's how serious our words are. And that's the way we need to view our words. Not only will we be accountable for our words, but our words have the power to influence the lives of others. Finally, a seven-day challenge. I know you all are always up for a challenge, most of you, some of you. But I want to challenge all of you, to this find someone to encourage every day this week okay really we should be doing this every day our whole lives I want you to try this for a week can you do that find someone to encourage now you can either encourage the same person every day for seven days or if look if you're really up to a challenge encourage somebody different every day seven different people see what happens kids, there's not a whole lot of kids in here. First service there was, you know, middle school, high school. Find somebody at school that nobody else talks to. You know who they are. Go talk to them. Introduce yourself. Look, if you see, if you see somebody, somebody being bullied, speak up. Use your, use your powerful words to go inform the principal or a teacher or somebody. You could have influenced that person's life. And then go talk to them. And encourage them. Introduce yourself. And look, um, I'm not naive and not thinking that nobody in here gets bullied. If you're being bullied, speak up yourself. Your words are powerful. Speak up. Tell somebody. And then you know what? Get into God's Word and allow His words to speak to you. In that, you'll find that you are loved, that you are valuable, that you are made in the image of God. And you were made just the way that he wanted you to be. And for adults, you know, maybe it's at work or, you know, just around you. Find somebody to encourage. If you pray about it, I promise you God will bring somebody in front of you. You, may, you won't even have to think too hard. Maybe it's somebody that you haven't talked to in a while. Maybe it's somebody that you keep avoiding when you see them in the hallway. You do a juke move or a spin move and you get out of the way. Or you go, you go the opposite direction. I dare you to talk to that person. Speak life to them this week. Um, If you're married, some of you do this already and it's, (laughs) you know, I just hate you so much because you do it. You say you love each other all the time anyway. All right. But that's 99% of us don't do that. We need to. We need help. Uh, We need to get better at that. If you're married, tell your spouse you love them. For, For some of you all's marriages, that would just, be huge. Um, tell your spouse that you're sorry for something you said a long time ago or something you did and ask for forgiveness. What would that do? Right. If you've got kids, go to your kids and tell them that you're proud of them. Tell your kids that you love them. I don't care if they're grown and live in another state. Make a phone call. I dare you to do this and watch what God does as you a peacemaker start sowing seeds of peace with your words and speaking life into this world. We've learned today that our words are powerful. Our tongues were given to us by our creator for a purpose. Our tongues have a, have a purpose. And we have a choice to make. Am I going to build up or am I going to tear down? Am I going to speak life or am I going to speak death? Let's make sure we're using our tongues the right way to bring glory to God and to bring life to others. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this time today. I thank you for your word that you've given to us. You you spoke these words uh, through men who wrote them down a long time ago. And Father, your words are truth, your words are pure, your words are perfect. And Father, help us to take what you've taught us in your word and through your spirit and apply it to our lives. Help us to to understand how powerful our words are. That they have the power to bring life and death, not only to our lives, They they can have a tremendous impact on our lives, but also with others they can affect others for a very long time. Help us just to pay attention to what we say and what we type and what we text. And Father, if we need to just pause from what we're doing, if we, if we need to step back and, and spend some time in your word and in prayer, then let us have the power and the courage uh, to do that. And, and Father, sometimes when we just need to keep silent, Help us to have the strength and the wisdom to do that. Father, I pray this week that we would be a source of encouragement to others. That we would go out of here, out of this place, and be the church. That we would speak positively. That we would speak love to a world that desperately needs to hear and see Jesus Christ in, the, in our lives. We ask all these things in the name of Jesus our Lord. Amen.